Welcome to the show. I appreciate you tuning in. You're listening to Vote Your Conscience with Kevin Stola. Before we get started, I just want to let you know we are on Instagram at underscore vote underscore your underscore conscience underscore. And we are also on every podcasting platform, so we'd be happy if you could leave a review, let us know how we did. And uh, I would love to discuss the topics on, the, on any of the episodes on Instagram with you. So feel free to reach out there, DM or comment us on Instagram, and then uh, we'll get on with the show here. So the last episode, we went over uh, communism, socialism, and capitalism. And we didn't have enough time to go over everything I wanted to cover, so I am planning on doing that on this episode. So just to get started, there was a lot of topics basically that I couldn't get as in-depth as I wanted to on the last episode, and um, I didn't get my point across as well as I wanted to. So to really get my opinions and views out there um, about what our system is in the kinds of discussions that I'm talking about that have been taking place online. So um, not just online, but of course in person as well, all across our country, uh, of what kind of system that we should have. And, you know, we've been a free market capitalist type system for a very long time, but I believe that we're not really living in a free market. So just to answer the question, is our country a capitalist free market? Uh, it kind of is. So there is a free market, but the government impedes it in so many different ways. Um, You know, we have bailouts for large corporations, um, not just, you know, during COVID, but in 2008, in the 2000s or early 2000s too, we've had bailouts going back decades. Um, So saving large corporations by giving them money when really they should just be allowed to fail. If it was a free market, they would actually be allowed to fail. There wouldn't be such a thing as too big to fail because basically giving free money to large corporations just incentivizes them to not care about their business. So if I wanted to start an insurance agency, for example, it's very difficult because there's so many large insurance agencies. Well, in 2008, Um, The biggest insurance agency, AIG, was basically, you know, insolvent. They couldn't afford to continue on. So our government bailed them out with hundreds of billions of dollars, you know, hundreds of billions, literally. Their um, reasoning for this is that there was 350,000 employees at AIG that would be out of a job if they didn't save them. Well, if you extrapolate from there and you just took, you know, those hundreds of billions of dollars and gave it to the 350,000 employees, they would all have been millionaires. So people could say the, you know, societal effects of AIG going out of business would, you know, destroy the economy. Well, I don't believe that's true. All of the insurance agents that were at AIG would now be free to start their own business and compete with the other insurance agencies. Now you would have millions of people out of insurance. It wouldn't take very long for those people to switch companies 
um, the people who were insured, who were now uninsured because AIG went out of business, to get new insurance from all of these new startups from these hundreds of thousands of agents, that would be a free market. So this is why I don't believe we live in a free market or a capitalist society because there's so many things like this that our government does. One of the biggest things is bailouts for huge corporations. I mean, these corporations should be allowed to fail. They are clearly not providing the value that they're claiming. So I run a small business and if I'm, you know, so my, my business is window cleaning. If we are not providing enough value for, for us to stay in business, you know, I'm not bringing in as much money as I'm spending to operate the business, then either it's my fault for not understanding the business well enough or how to manage the money so that, you know, we can stay in business and the employees can get paid and I can get paid and all the taxes and everything can get paid or my business isn't needed in the marketplace. So there's either not a place for it, people don't want the service or the leadership of the company isn't doing a good enough job managing it and we should let someone else who's doing a better job in a different company have that business and operate that business do a better job for the employees for the customers the government shouldn't come in and go oh well this business doesn't understand how to manage their money so we should bail them out we'll just give them money because they can't take care of their own business they don't understand how to provide enough value Let's just pretend that they do and just give them money that we collected from the taxpayers or printed from the Federal Reserve. So with the Federal Reserve system, I believe that that's another way that we're not a free market, just the entire banking system under the Federal Reserve. So the way that our central bank works, I believe, is completely contrary to a free market. Our government has the right to print their own money. So they didn't have to create the Federal Reserve System for it. Our Congress is allowed to have a treasury and our treasury is allowed to coin money. Instead, we've given that power over to the Federal Reserve banks and we borrow money on interest. So we owe the Federal Reserve banks money every time Congress decides to um, print money you know, up above what we already have. So the federal government takes in money through our taxes, but as everyone knows, we have a massive debt. And the way that they fund that is through the Federal Reserve System. They also do fund it through government bonds. And, you know, you can buy government bonds. I can buy government bonds. Other countries can buy our federal bonds as well. But one of the main ways that they get this money, they can get it instantly. They don't have to issue bonds. They ask the Federal Reserve to give them money, to loan them money. And then we have to pay that money back to the Federal Reserve with interest. The Federal Reserve creates this money out of nothing, and then they sell it to our government. Our government's money is our money. So how could we have a free market when we have to borrow money from a Federal Reserve and our government can decide at will to just create that money. It's not backed by anything. It used to be backed by gold, and there was an actual limit. So if they printed money, it would devalue the money based on how much gold we had. You could actually gather more gold, our government, and back the money with more gold to keep the rate 
um, even, the value of the money even over time. So we don't have that anymore. They just print as much as they want. And basically, it's just the Congress deciding where all of this money goes all the time. So you hear about these massive bills with all these different programs and, you know, who's going to get subsidies and uh, what government agencies need what and all these different little, uh, you know, bills, uh, little line items on bills and uh, legislation that are going to all sorts of random programs across the whole country. So giving this business, you know, extra money in here and this industry gets money. And that's the government picking and choosing, you know, winners and losers in an economy. That's not a free market. So the government in a free market wouldn't be involved in giving out all of these little loans, grants, subsidies to all these different industries and to all these different businesses, because this is, you know, people say we live in a free market and the it's the capitalists that control everything because they, they kick people out, you know, they have monopolies, but the only way that they can actually have a monopoly is by getting funding like this through the government. Because if you're a smaller business, you can compete with a lot of big businesses because you have different advantages. One of the main things, though, that a small business doesn't have the advantage in would be getting subsidies. These types of programs, I mean, for me to go and try and get subsidies instead of some massive corporation, you know, if there's a national window cleaning company, they can have a department of people. All they need to do, they could have one employee that their full-time job is just writing grant proposals, trying to get grants from the federal government, trying to get subsidized, trying to get local funding from different um, areas. Like in my uh, county here, Oakland County in Michigan, there's all sorts of programs for small businesses and stuff. Well, my small business only has five people right now. So I have three people who are out cleaning windows and I have uh, one office assistant that works with me. So we don't have time to spend trying to get government funding. We only have time to try to get customers. You know, we're here trying to satisfy all of our customers. I can't just be calling government agencies trying to figure out how I can get free money or free help. I'm too busy. I'm trying to get more customers, satisfy the customers, keep the employees happy, you know, ordering equipment, Everything that we need to do, vehicle maintenance, equipment maintenance, to try to get all of our customers happy, satisfied. I can't be just reaching out to government organizations, writing grant proposals to the federal government, to the state governments, to Oakland County, to cities that we operate in. So around us, I operate in 20 to 30 cities. I can't be spending my time trying to figure out what government programs are in those cities. I can't be going, you know, just trying to get funding like that because I have other responsibilities to do. If I was a large company with hundreds of employees, one person could be spending all this time trying to get that government money. Our businesses shouldn't need government money. If you provide a service such as window cleaning or you provide a product, you know, any product that you could sell in a store, you shouldn't need money from the government. You should be providing your service at a cost that covers all of your expenses. So it covers all of the overhead 
and some extra to get profit so that you can either expand or you can use it for you know whatever you need a safe haven for your business um to have some capital so that you can survive in case there is a downturn so this is one of the issues that i'm talking about with bailouts there's some of these largest corporations they bring in the most money they mismanage it so badly that they don't have any money waiting in case there's a downturn in the economy so this is one of the things some of the largest corporations they don't save enough money they don't manage their businesses well enough to have a fund that can protect them if the economy has a downturn they're not planning for the future enough because they're counting on government bailouts they're counting on the government when they're becoming insolvent and they're not able to pay their debts for the government to come in use our tax dollars or you know newly printed money from the federal reserve system um to bail them out of the situation they got themselves in in the first place so they either weren't enough to sell or they weren't able to sell enough product or they weren't able to provide a service that was valued high enough to cover all of their expenses so i won't get this bailout you know the government doesn't care about my small business obviously um my business doesn't impact the overall economy if i went out of business tomorrow you know the economy would not notice but my philosophy on that is that bailing out these companies is a form of monopoly and in a free market it would never happen you would allow these businesses to fail based on the free market there would be an opening in the market when any of these businesses goes out of business so recently during covid airlines got a bunch of money they got bailed out because they weren't able to provide flights to people because people weren't allowed to travel or whatever was going on that's not the exact point but in the free market they would not be able to survive they didn't save enough money i mean these airlines they bring in billions of dollars so the way that they manage you know people are upset about buybacks stock buybacks well these companies should have been saving that money in case something happened. I mean, how could they know that there would be a worldwide pandemic? I understand that. But as these companies went out of business, other companies that did save money and did the right thing, they would be the ones that survived. Any of the airlines that didn't take government money, they would be the ones that would be able to flourish. They did a better job. They didn't spend all their money on stock buybacks or whatever else you know uh, extravagant expenses for them they were responsible and saved money and then when a catastrophe happens and they need extra money to survive through a couple months or a few months it would be there they shouldn't be counting on the united states government to bail them out that's not what a free market is so we don't have these you know stockpiles of money just so that some random corporations can get this money there's there's all sorts of different theories about you know whether bailouts are helpful or not but in my opinion it doesn't that's not my point here my point is about the free market either way in my opinion a bailout bailouts of all these companies makes it so that we don't live in a free market so when people say that we're living in a capitalist free market well right there if you don't let the companies fail then that's not a free market. In a free market, the companies fail. If they can't get the credit because they've overextended their credit so they can't get another loan to keep uh 
you know, operating or they don't have enough cash reserves to keep operating. That means that the banks have lost social credit in them. They've lost their social capital for anyone to want them around. Well, the government comes in and bails them out. No one wants these companies around. They shouldn't be here. So in a free market, they wouldn't be there. My opinion on socialism and capitalism, or my opinion on socialism and communism, would be that the situation, those types of situations, would be even worse because you would have no way of getting you know, a bad company out of there. Under socialism or communism, if the community is in control of these organizations, who is going to help these organizations if they are insolvent? Our governments, you know, every state, every um, in our national, so every state and our national, our federal government, they operate in, on a deficit. So they're never solvent. They don't know how to manage their own money. So if you're under socialism and the government is running, you know, the uh, demands of the marketplace, those are going to be ran by people who are doing the same thing as the government. They don't need to have a solvent business like I do where I have to make a profit or I have to at least make enough so that I can get a loan because the bank believes in me or a friend believes in me, or the community, whoever I can get a loan for to keep operating, or I've saved enough money to, you know, withstand a bad downturn in the market or in the economy, and to be able to expand. So government entities don't need to do this. They constantly use all of their money, and then they ask for more money. Their money isn't based on how successful they are. In my business, I have to satisfy customers. There's no other option. If all of my customers are unsatisfied, I will make no money because they will leave and they will go to a company that will satisfy them. So that's why I believe in a free market. And I believe that we're not living under a free market, not even close to a free market. So here is the other um, reasons that I believe we're not living in a free market. I did mention the Federal Reserve System. You know, and that's our entire economic system is based on this Federal Reserve banking system now. But on top of that, all of the social programs that we have, public school, we have all of these different taxes, income taxes, social security taxes, unemployment taxes, you know, Medicare and Medicaid. The government is taking 20 to 50 percent of our money, depending on what state you live in, your income. That's not a free market either. If the government is going to take 20% or 30% or more of our money, how is that a free market? The government's using that money to compete in the marketplace against us. So one of the things in, I'm not sure exactly, I haven't looked into it from 2022 or 2021, but our government is consistently spending a huge portion of all of the money. So in 2020, because of COVID, our government spent about $10 trillion. Our entire economy is less than $30 trillion. That means that in 2020, our government spent one-third of all of the dollars in the entire economy. Does that sound like a free market to you? 
That's just the federal government. All of the state governments are also collecting taxes and spending money as well. So some of that federal government money does go to the states, but the states are also spending billions of dollars on top of that. They're, they're making it so that in 2020, if you add up all of the state and federal money in our marketplace, it came out to almost half of all of the dollars spent in our entire country. That's not a free market. When there's a free market, corporations and customers are making the choices about purchases. If the government is using half of all of the money, how is that a free market? So that's just one other point there. Our government is spending such a large portion, they get to choose what businesses are succeeding and failing through all sorts of different government programs, government subsidies, and government contracts. You know, I'm not getting a government contract. Am I allowed to compete for them? Of course. Do government buildings need to have their windows cleaned? Yes, I agree that they should be able to have government contracts. But if half of our entire economy is government contracts, the government has such an incentive to have that kind of, you know, for our politicians to have the incentive to try to control which companies do well. So when people are upset that companies are getting, you know, funded and they go, this politician's connected to this company in some way and they're getting money. Yeah, I want less of that. I want the market to be a free market, not deemed by the politician class or people in government that are trying to benefit themselves through choosing, you know, different companies to fund or not fund. So that's just one other way I don't believe it's a free market. Our government funding, you know, all sorts of different businesses. And then they also fund on top of um, like specific businesses, they fund whole industries through subsidies. This makes the free market really difficult to judge how much something should actually cost. So we don't know what the prices of a certain product are actually supposed to be because our money is taken from us through all sorts of different taxes. Um, and then our government subsidizes industries like the oil industry, like the agricultural industry, and like the pharmaceutical industry. They get subsidies. So then when you go and you pay for a prescription drug or beef or you know gas at the pump these aren't the actual prices that it should be so one of the things that the free market does is it moderates how much of something that we're buying based on the actual cost so beef is heavily subsidized in this country and i believe that people would buy less beef if it wasn't subsidized so there's an entire marketplace where people don't know what the actual cost is, the government is using that money to subsidize it to make it easier for you to purchase beef. Well, the actual cost is still the same because the government has to tax you on that. You just don't know how much that cost is. So also, you know, someone, my life partner, Jem, she was a vegan, she was a vegetarian for a long time. The government's taking her money, the whole time that she, she was a vegetarian, the government was taking her money and spending it on beef subsidies. Why should she have to pay for beef as well? That's not a free market, it's not how a free market functions. So I'm against all subsidies of any kind <clears throat> because that impedes on the free market.
So when people try and tell me that we're living in a free market capitalist system, and many people do, I completely disagree that it's a free market when there's billions of dollars of subsidies going to all sorts of different industries all the time. So someone may choose to spend less on beef. Would this harm the beef industry? Well, of course it would, only because we already were doing this. I'm not for getting rid of subsidies tomorrow. I'm not for changing all of these systems tomorrow instantly. There needs to be something in place um, to replace the systems or to slowly um, get them out. So, you know, you work them out over years, these subsidies, because these corporations, they count on it right now. You would have to go you know, in my opinion, we shouldn't have income taxes. So you would be able to keep that money that you would normally be paying in income taxes. And then you would be able to choose what products you're purchasing with that. So the government isn't choosing what to subsidize and where your money goes. You get to decide that for yourselves and pick and choose which companies <clears throat> and which products succeed and fail. So some of the other ways that our country is not a free market is that we have endless regulatory agencies. There is, you know, I, I mean, I couldn't name them all because I don't know all of them. There's so many of them and they are at every level of government. So all the way from the federal government down to your local city, there is regulatory agencies, there are regulations, thousands, hundreds of thousands of regulations across the country for every, you know, little specific locality and nationally, all sorts of government organizations, you know, the SEC and OSHA, they're, you know, the SEC monitors the securities, so the stock market and OSHA manages, they have rules and regulations for you know, every business in different industry of safety protocols and everything. And I think, of course, there should be guides to this. There does need to be some regulation. I'm not for no regulation. <clears throat> but these organizations completely fail at regulating anyway. They can't possibly regulate everything that's going on. In order for OSHA, OSHA to regulate every construction company in the country, they would need you know, a tenth of the amount of employees just to go check on these companies to make sure they're following all the protocols and they can't. There's no chance that they can do this. Most companies want to follow safety protocols anyway. They don't want their employees to be injured, even if they were, you know, like money obsessed capitalists. If you get your hand cut off when you're working in construction, that doesn't make that company money. Okay, so it's not like they just want no, you know, safety protocols in place or anything. The best companies do follow safety protocols. They they follow recommendations anyway. So those are the kinds of companies you would want to support. You know, maybe in the past, more of this regulatory stuff would have made sense. But we have so many ways of figuring out what's going on in companies. Now, employees can tell us what is happening at these corporations. So. We have, you know, the means to watch these corporations and decide which ones we want to support. Um, and like I've said in past episodes, 
that takes a lot of self-discipline and self-responsibility. So that is my message always here is that we need to hold people accountable, our politicians and these different business owners. They need to be held accountable. The only way that we're going to actually be able to do that, I don't believe that we can hold these organizations accountable um, and our politicians accountable through more government regulation. I believe that we have to do it personally and in our local areas as well. And then it goes from there, builds from the local areas up to the top, up to further out into the national um, federal government as well and national businesses. So that's just another way, you know, that we don't live in a free market. There's just the craziest amount of regulations. You know, I can't go pass out a flyer in a local community here. The cops show up from me passing out a flyer. I'm just trying to let the you know, neighborhood know that I'm there so I can compete with the other companies that are around. But I just found out recently they want a $2,000 bond just for me to go walk around for 90 days. You get the money back at the end. But my point is that someone who wants to compete with me, so I do have the capability of doing this at this point because I've been in business for nine years. Someone who wants to come up and compete with me, you know, they have an awesome window cleaning service to offer. And they want to compete in my local community. Do they have $2,000 to sit there with one city, one small city of 75,000 people near me for 90 days? It only gives them 90 days to go. They can't put their money on hold for that. Maybe they need a truck repair. Maybe they need new equipment so they can compete with me. Well, the government's going to hold on to their money. They also you know, require other things as well, getting background checks, all sorts of different things. You know, some of these things might make sense because you don't want random people walking around your neighborhoods. But the point is that there's all this obstruction to the competition, obstruction to the free market in every locality. And then keep you keep going up from there. So each locality, each little city, then the county and then the state and then the federal government, there's regulations at every level that are blocking smaller corporations and just individuals trying to make businesses from creating those businesses, from implementing those businesses, you know, from growing those businesses. And the larger corporations use the government to implement even more regulation. And, you know, lately in the past 10 years, 20 years, people are just calling for more and more regulation. All they want is endless regulation. Um, I mean, I hear more of that from the Democrats. But the Republicans are similar in that, too. They say they want less regulation, but they keep making all these regulations as well. So um, I believe in much less regulation and a free marketplace where we're choosing based on what we think the morals of a company are. We can look into them now. We have the Internet. We can collaborate. Employees can complain on, you know, uh, websites like Glassdoor um, to let people know, hey, this company's mistreating employees. Stop, you know, patronizing them. Um, so that's what I believe we need to do because these government agencies, they've had, you know, 50 years to uh, a lot of these government agencies have been around for 50 years trying to regulate and they do a horrible job. They, they can't stop, you know, the EPA can't stop Flint, Michigan from being poisoned and all of these different cities across the country, they can't stop, um, you know, local businesses 
from dumping stuff in small plots of forest and stuff like that. They have no chance of regulating all of these companies. So that's just another way, you know, all of this regulation blocks the free market. So I still have a few other ways here. I'll just mention real, really quickly, you know, social programs. We have a huge amount of social programs. So I didn't understand that we had this years ago, but there are social programs for cell phones to get free cell phones. I mean, of course, none of these social programs are free because we all pay in and then they have to be funded either through borrowing from the Federal Reserve, borrowing from citizens or borrowing from other countries through issuing bonds or you know, they're paid through our tax revenue. Um, but so there are programs for all sorts of different things that people need. So cell phones, there's food stamps in every state, there's federal food programs, there's tax credits for children, there's tax credits for, you know, all sorts of different things. If you want to be environmentally friendly, there's tax credits, which of course that benefits people who can afford those environmentally friendly things in the first place. But, you know, tax credits for things like electric cars and, you know, efficient windows and stuff like that. Well, I can't afford most of these things, so I can't benefit from it. So the people who actually benefit are going to be the people who have money. Child tax credits, sure, that benefits anybody who has children. It doesn't benefit me, though, so I don't have kids. So that's not a free market. It's benefiting people in specific circumstances. They have FHA loans. These are federal loans for people to get mortgages, which I think aren't that beneficial. It's one of the reasons so many people lose their houses. You only need a 3% down payment um, on a house under the FHA loans. So most banks require 20%. If you have 20% down, you can most likely afford a house. You know, if you're buying a $100,000 house, just as an example, if you only can save, manage to save $3,000, can you afford the payments for this house? Possibly. But if you can save $20,000, you can very likely afford that mortgage payment. So people might think that benefits them to be able to get the house at 3%. And it does benefit a lot of people. But it does also screw over a lot of people because then they can't afford the payments and they lose their house. This puts them in a way worse situation than they were beforehand. So my point is, if you can't save $3,000, or if you can only save $3,000 and you can't save $20,000 for a $100,000 house, I mean, I learned this when I bought a house. So I couldn't afford to take care of the house. I could afford the payment, but I couldn't afford to you know, fix the roof and fix my porch and fix all these problems that uh, come about when you own a house. So renting would have been advantageous to me, but because I have parents that can help me out and because we were living at home at the time, me and my girlfriend, we were able to save up enough to get this house and then we couldn't afford to take care of the house. We weren't making enough money in it. So we still live in this house, but we needed help to live in this house. Instead of renting, we would have been able to take care of ourselves, become more responsible and then afford a house later. In a free market, that is what would happen. Instead, the federal government will loan you money for only a 3% down payment instead of a 20% like the bank requires. And the bank requires that 
because they want proof that you can afford it. They want their money back. So they're going to loan you money. They want that money back. They can't afford to lose money on loans all the time. So another example of social programs, federal student loans. They have federal student loan programs. Um, they have federal grants for you know students as well and for all sorts of different things research and, and business different businesses that we have SBA loans small business administration so my whole point is that there's just there's all these government social programs that's not a free market either because some people are getting money for free and it's not really free it comes from the other citizens or it comes from being printed which causes inflation in our marketplace. They create more dollars that they get to spend and then it creates inflation for us. That's not a free market. It's not supposed to operate that way either. So that hurts the smaller people and benefits the larger corporations just by them still having the capital. And it also benefits the power that the government has as well because with inflation, they get to spend that money the day that they create it. When they create the money, it goes, they can spend it on whatever they want at the cost of the products that day. They get to spend it. By the time that money reaches your pocket, if it's been months or years as this money's been doled out, you have to spend it at those future dollar prices by the time that money gets to you. So the inflation benefits the government and not you. That's another way that our country is not a free market. So my point with these uh, social programs, you know, is that it's, it's just one way that we're not a free market. Like I've said in many of my episodes, I believe in having social programs, but when people say we live in a capitalist country, I mean, we, we really don't. We have all these programs. We have all these different ways that the government interferes with our free market and we do have a free market in a lot of different things, but with all of the subsidies and other programs, it's not truly a free market. So like I said, just to cover a couple more things, I mean, we have cell phone programs, food programs, we have tax credits, FHA loans, federal student loans, um, public school, we have Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, uh, small business administration loans. We have housing allowances with Section 8 housing, you know, subsidies and different grant programs. There's grants for everything from education to research projects, agriculture, you know, all sorts of stuff like that. So we have all these taxes that pay for all these programs. And I believe that some of these programs are beneficial, but there's just major problems with them. But as you can see, with all these social programs, people still want even more. They want, you know, they want Medicare to be expanded to everybody. And I'm not exactly sure what will happen if that happens. That's why I don't really care that much either way. I believe that we should have a free market in healthcare, but if Medicare did happen, cool, I guess I'll get, you know, free healthcare, which obviously it's not free. The government takes all our taxes but I'm already spending all this money on taxes anyway. I believe that our government, with the amount of taxes they take right now, they would be able to do Medicare for all, <clears throat> but they won't do it. The Republicans won't do it and the Democrats won't do it for you either. 
So if that's truly what you want, that's why I'm always telling people to vote their conscience. I don't agree. I would vote for us to have a more uh, free market healthcare system because I believe that it's already overregulated. And with the way that insurance works and everything, I believe that we could have a much better system in an actual free market. But even that being said, if you believe that we should have Medicare for all, don't vote for the Democrats. They'll tell you that's what they want, but they'll never vote for it. You know, the past couple of years, they had the House and the Senate and they had the presidency as well. And they didn't even bring it to a vote. So, you know, I'm always listening to Jimmy Dore. I like to listen to a lot of people who I disagree with and I disagree with him on a ton of stuff. But I do agree with his passion that he has, how much he cares about the country. And I agree with him on some things, but, you know, he wants Medicare for all. And he points out, rightly so, the Democrats will not vote on it. They won't bring it to the House floor. And you're never going to get Medicare for all if you keep voting for Democrats. So I would say if that's what you're for, you should vote for a third party. You know, there's other parties that do support it and they've never had a chance. So I think if we gave them the chance, they would listen to us more than the main parties who've been in power so long, they don't have to listen to you. It switches back and forth from Republicans and Democrats constantly. They don't care to listen to you because they will always get elected. They just assume they get your vote. Um, so that's my point on the social programs. It's not really a free market when the government's giving away all of this money for people to get um, for free, even though it's not free. I will have an entire, you know, episode or multiple episodes on social programs, how I feel about them, what I believe that should be done. Um, but moving on from social programs, you know, we also have minority advantages. So we have um, advantages given by the government to different minority groups. Many people might agree that we should be helping minorities out. I don't specifically think that we should help minorities on purpose. You know, if you're a woman, which they're not a minority, but for some reason they fall into that category. Uh, if people believe they're underprivileged or something, okay, that's fine. But, you know, the minority advantages that I'm talking about uh, are based on race, sex. If you're, you know, part of the LGBTQ community, um, and I don't believe that there should be any specific things for any of those categories, um, benefits. If you're part of one of those communities and you have a nonprofit or you have your own business and you want to advantage certain people, I'm completely fine with that. If, if you're black and you have a, you know, black owned business or, you know, you own a bank or something, yeah, help out your community. I'm that's I'm completely fine with that. My problem is the advantages from government. I don't care if citizens want to advantage their own people, their own, you know, gender or whatever, their own community, that's completely fine with me. My problem is with the government discriminating. So, there's minority advantages like loans and grants, uh free business advice, counseling and help affirmative action in education. Um, so, I mean, this has become much more predominant now. Um, it, there, there was some going on in the past, you know, affirmative action has been around for a long time and 
I, I don't really care that much either way about affirmative action, but, um, you know, with the loans and the grants available right now, I mean, I, since I'm a business owner, I get messages from the state of Michigan. I get messages from my local community, White Lake. I get messages from Oakland County where I live, emails. I'm connected to them because I'm a small business in their locality. They send me emails consistently about different grant programs and loans and all sorts of services for black people, Hispanic people, Asian people, women, and people from LGBTQ uh, communities. I mean, I'm a white straight male, so it's like all of these things aren't for me at all. And there's still grants that I could get, any business can get, or loans or whatever. Um, but like they're promoting that stuff super hard. I don't think that the government should be advantaging any group like that. Um, not based on any of those categories. The groups that I believe that these programs should be for, if there's social programs, should be for the downtrodden, for the people who are having the issue at the time. If you're black and you're rich, you know, I live in a wealthy area. There are plenty of black people. There's a lot of black people, Asian people. I live in an area that is extremely culturally diverse too, you know, outside of Detroit. And we have one of the largest Jewish communities. We have one of the largest Muslim communities, black communities. And all, I mean, we have people from all over the world and people who have been here, you know, third generation, fifth generation, whatever. But my point is that, you know, I don't believe that a rich black person should be helped by our government over a poor white person. So, in the communities, people say, you know, black people are disadvantaged or they're, um, there are more poverty ridden communities that are black um, majority. And I believe all of those people should get help. But even if it's a community that's 90% black, yeah, let's help those people. But what about the other 10% of those people who live next door to them? They live in the exact same conditions. Let's help those people. I want to help the people that need the help, not people based on, you know, race and ethnicity and gender. You know, there's women living in those situations, too. And there's men that are living in the same, you know, communities that have problems. So I want those communities to be helped, not based on all these different identifiers. Um, and if you disagree with me. That's completely fine. You know, vote your conscience. That's my entire point is that I want people to actually believe in and act like based on their actions, voting for the people that they want in power, voting for companies that they believe in, you know, donating to nonprofits that they believe in and they researched. So this is just my opinion, but I don't think people should be advantaged or disadvantaged based on skin color. Um, so that's just my point on that. That is another reason that it's not a free market or a capitalist system is the government gives advantages based on different, you know, identifications of people. So, um, moving on from, you know, what the free market in America is, people claim 
that a free market is something like in Africa. There's many different countries that have have all sorts of insane systems and pretty horrible, you know, human rights stuff going on as well. And just, um, I've had people tell me that like Somalia is a free market and that there's all these African countries that are free markets. Well, you can't have a free market without control. So there is governments that are, they have less power than the warlords in the countries. That's not a free market. If some, you know, roving band with a warlord who has soldiers can come into your village and take everything, you don't live in a free market. That's not a free market. It's that's like a weird anarchist type system where, you know, people have power through force. A free market is not having power through violence. If if you're, you know, if uh, whether or not you eat today is based on violence, you don't live in a free market. That's not what a free market is. A free market is protected by a government. You know, that's not a free market when um, everything is enforced by violence, by different bands of people committing violence and atrocities in different villages, towns, cities, you know, competing small governments um, with their own groups of citizens. That's not what a free market is. So a free market needs to be protected by the government so that we can freely trade. If someone can come and just steal all of your stuff or come and burn your house down, you don't live in a free market. You know, you, you live under a, a tyrannical system ran by either one dictator or ran by many, many dictators who all think they can do whatever they want. So that's what is going on in a lot of different African countries where people try to claim that that's what a free market is. A free market isn't anarchy. A free market isn't zero control. You know, no government, just everyone running around doing whatever they want. That's that's not a free market. I'm talking about a free market in economics, not a free market to go commit violence on your neighbor and steal their stuff. That's not a free market. So that's one of the things people try and tell me that's what a real free market looks like. That's not at all what a free market looks like. Um, people try and tell me that, you know, the Scandinavian countries are socialist and they might lean more socialist than us, but they have vibrant free markets. They, they have, you know, a, a lot of those countries have nationalized healthcare and nationalized higher education. Um, but they create products, they sell products, you know, they have regulations and uh, a lot of the European countries might have more regulations on specific things, but they're even more free in other aspects of their markets than we are in America. We have more regulations in some areas than they do. Uh, if you talk to, or, well, I don't talk to people in Scandinavian countries, I don't really know anyone from there, but you can watch documentaries, you can look online, and the leaders of these countries, they promote free markets. I mean, they, they talk about their economies. They, they, don't, they don't live under socialism. The governments don't control what their people do, what they buy and what they consume. So they might have more social programs and people might think what they have looks good. But Americans don't even know what it's like to live under that. I mean, with the higher education type thing where people say, you know, and I used to believe this, too, because I didn't look into it any further. But, you know, being able to get free education, free higher education, like university level education, because we already have free school here, 
you know, K through 12, you get 13 years. I mean, that's it's still, that's a lot of education already. But in Europe, in most of the countries that have higher education for free or, you know, provided through taxes, the government is deciding where you go to school. I mean, they use metrics to decide who goes to school and where you're going. You know, in our country, people from Michigan go to California and go to school. They go to Florida. They go to Illinois. They go wherever they want, which also, if you're choosing to do that, you're choosing to spend like twice as much money to go there and an out-of-state school. And then, you know, so many people complain about the debt that they have from going to school. Why can't you get an education in your own state? But that aside, the governments in these countries, they don't just let you go to any school anywhere. You know, they choose based on where you live, what schools you're going to go to and based on different metrics that they measure. They measure your education through stuff like standardized tests. And then you will go based on how you've scored on those tests and what they think you will be good at. So it's it's not the same as in America where you get to choose any university you can get into. That's not what it's like in these markets that have free, you know, uh, universities. So there is, you know, that's something to look into if you thought like I did, you know, oh, it'd be great. You can just go to college for free. That's what I thought. Um, but that's not how it is in most of these countries. So, you know, that's just one of the things people point out. They basically say Scandinavia is is socialist, but they're they're really not socialist. They live in you know, free markets. And of course, I would like them to be even more free. But that's not the point. They're not socialist countries like people like to point out. So that's basically my opinion on the free market that we live under here and how I don't believe we even live in anything that's close to capitalism. Um, so people keep saying, you know, capitalism, capitalism, capitalism all the time. And I don't I don't even think we live under that. So that's not the system that we need to be attacking. That's what people keep claiming the free markets caused all of these problems. So that's why I want us to have an understanding of what these systems even are that we're debating. What is actually even going on? We need to have way more nuanced discussions and opinions about these things so that we can understand what happens under a free market system, what happens under socialism, what happens under communism in the real world, how these systems actually function. And that's why I don't want to get upset at other people. I mean, I get upset about a lot of things and, you know, people piss me off all the time too, with even with their opinions. But most of the time, I'm, I'm just trying to understand why your opinion is that way or, you know, how we can get to a point that, makes the most sense without freaking out on each other just because you have a different opinion. And, you know, that's one of my main points and that, that this podcast is about um, is that, you know, we need to have better discussions. When people just get upset when they even hear the opinion, how are you supposed to listen to that person to come to any conclusion? And then if the person does that on the other side, the same thing, they get upset when they hear your opinion they're not going to listen to you either. Then you just have two people. They're not even communicating. You're just saying your opinion. They're saying their opinion. You guys don't even hear each other. We can never come to a conclusion on what is actually right. We can't even get an understanding of what these systems are. That's what I see online. 
is people arguing for communism, for socialism, or for capitalism, and they don't really even understand what these different systems entail. So that's just one of the main things I wanted to go over. You know, this is a huge topic, and I want people to be able to have debates with each other and hear what the other people are saying, not just yell their point at them. Um, so I'm just going to close up here. But like always, this in, the entire point of this podcast is for us to take more responsibility, you know, in choosing what we buy, who we vote for, and how we have conversations with each other. You know, one of the main messages is trying to get people to come together instead of dividing over our different opinions that we have. And one of the things I like to say all the time, you know, these people, they're your neighbors, whether or not they have a different opinion than you, most of them, they want what's best for themselves, their family, and their communities. So I want people to come together and, you know, we can we can try to work these issues out. But if we're just going to hate each other all the time instead of trying to understand each other, we're not going to get anywhere. It's not going to benefit you. It's not going to benefit me. It's going to only benefit the powerful that everyone is against. Everyone is against the government having all the power. Everyone's against giant corporations having all of the power. We want the power in our own lives. So these are the same things. You know, the people who have different opinions than you. They care still. They're not evil. They're not demons. You know, they want what's best for themselves and their family as well. So just like always, that's my main message. And I just want to make sure you guys out there understand that and we can, uh, you know, have better debates in the future and uh, get get some of these this uh, and get some of this division figured out. So I will just leave you with that reach out on social media. I would love to have discussions with anyone about these topics, you know, discussions and debates, try and work out these issues. And remember to always vote your conscience.